Welcome to the Husband Factory Podcast. I'm the host and founder, Makita Kamara Omensa. Join me here every week where I help single women meet good men and enjoy great marriages using proven faith-based principles. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome to the Husband Factory Podcast. How are you? Hope you're doing great. I want to tell you a story. So this story comes from the book of Genesis, and it's a story about two brothers. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading. I'll put everything in the description box. So Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two people from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country. While Jacob was content to stay home among the tents, Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is that birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. I want to talk to you today about not selling out for sex. Esau despised his birthright. He sold his birthright. Now, birthright means that as the oldest child or the first child, there's certain inheritance you get. We don't do that that much in, in the U.S., but other countries still do it. There's certain inheritance that you get as the firstborn. And Esau was entitled to those inheritances, but as the firstborn. So what Jacob was, you know, when they were born, Jacob tried to grab his heel. He was trying to be first. Even as a baby, he was trying to be first. But Esau came out first. So Esau was the firstborn and Esau deserved all the rights of the firstborn. The firstborn normally gets the most of everything. They get the most properties, the most money, the most of all of the father's possessions. So when he was asking Esau to sell, and he, they also get the position of honor in the family as well as the head of the family once the father passes away. And there's also they also get the... Um, ability and the power to be making decisions in the family as the firstborn. 
So what he was selling to Jacob was serious. It wasn't just, oh, now you get to be the firstborn. No, he was giving away power. He was giving away authority. He was giving away possessions and land. He was giving away money. He was saying, here, take all this stuff. It doesn't mean anything to me. So because of a temporary need of the flesh, he made a decision that's going to affect him permanently. And I took the time to read that story because that's how sex is. Sex is a temporary need of the flesh. You're not going to want to have sex 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It comes upon you, right? That's a temporary need of the flesh. But what happens though It's like what happened with Jacob and Esau. It's a temporary need. But each time you have sex and you're not married, you're making a decision that's going to affect you for the rest of the life. So many engage in premarital sex because they don't know how important their lives are. If you knew that one day you would be Oprah, you know, who's known internationally, you would be known like her, or you would be a president of a nation, or you would be a senator or a politician, or if you would be a great pastor, or if you would be a amazing CEO, you would be more careful about the places you went to and the company you kept. So how much more you as a child of God, as somebody that Jesus died for? So sex is like Satan dangling a carrot in front of you while holding a knife behind his back. So you're like, oh, okay, I'll take the carrot or or like he's offering you fake gold in exchange for real diamonds. So it's like it's like Jacob telling Esau, I'll give you some soup if you give me your birthright. How can you compare a bowl of soup that lasts about 30 minutes? Let's just say it's a huge bowl and you take your time to enjoy it. A bowl of soup that lasts 30 minutes to your destiny. You can't compare the two. But when that desire and the lust of the flesh and the passion of the flesh is so strong. Like for him, he saw it was hunger. The hunger was so strong. I'm sure he'd been working all day in the field because they said the Bible said he loved being in the field. He'd been hunting and he hadn't eaten all day, you know, because those days they used to go out deep into the field. It wasn't like they were so close to home. So he probably wasn't close enough home to eat. He was just like, I just have to eat something. My head is spinning. I have a headache. I'm exhausted. I can't even think straight. I can't even, you know, and that's how sexual temptation can be. Your body is on fire and you just have to do something about it. And if you give into that temptation, it may seem like it's a temporary fix. Like, oh, you know, it's a temporary fix, but you are going to have permanent consequences. You can't just lay down with a man you aren't married to and wake up the same. You're not. Premarital sex destroys you. You can't just have sex and be the same. So here are, I'm going to give you three things. There's more than three, but three things that it does, three permanent things that it does. And when I say permanent, I mean, the blood of Jesus can cleanse it, but they are very serious things that they do. So don't sell out for sex. Number one, premarital sex establishes curses on your life. Premarital sex brings curses and entanglements. I have an episode about that that will affect your present and future children. See, in the episode I have about soul ties, I don't talk about how it affects your children. Some of you listening to me today are dealing with things that your mom dealt with. You're dealing with things and habits and desires that your mom had. You're acting in a way that your mom or your dad acted and you really don't want to. You know, it's like growing up in an alcoholic home and saying you're not going to be an alcoholic. Oh, 
uh, unless you do something drastic, chances are you're going to be an alcoholic as much as you don't want to. It's so serious that kids that are adopted, adopted, meaning that they didn't even grow up with their parents, later on start acting like those parents. When they meet them, they realize that, wow, they realize all the commonalities they have with their parents. Because when you give birth to a child, you're not just passing down your hair color and your body shape and your eyes. You're passing down all the spiritual stuff in your life as well, both the blessings and the curses. Iniquity, when you hear the Bible says, and I'll put the scripture reference in the description box, when you hear the Bible say that the iniquities of the fathers were visited upon the children until the second and third generation, what it's talking about is the propensity to sin. It means that you lean towards a certain type of sin. The certain type of some people don't struggle with sexual sin at all. They don't. I know it sounds hard to believe, but yeah, there are a lot of people that don't. There's some people that alcohol, they can see alcohol doesn't mean anything to them. There's another person that sees alcohol and they're salivating. They just have to have it. There's another person that their own sin is lying. They just can't help. They, if you if it's afternoon, they'll tell you that it's evening. You know, if the sky is blue, they'll tell you that the sky is red. They lie about anything and everything. So that is propensity to sin. And that is passed down from parents to children. So when you sin and you have sex outside of marriage, you are bringing down sexual curses onto your children and they will remain permanently into your family until they're uprooted. The seed, now now here's the bad part, is that the seed is always smaller than the harvest. David slept with someone else's wife and got her killed, King David, right? That was the seed. But by the time that that seed multiplied in Solomon's life, Solomon is David's son. That one wife that David slept with that, you know, God was angry with him about and somebody else's wife and he slept with her and got the, the, the person, the husband killed. By the time that seed multiplied in Solomon's life, Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines and his wives led him astray. So the seed of the father, his father planted with sleeping with one woman that was against God multiplied in his sins to being with a thousand women that were against God's will. One thousand from one. The seed always looks nothing like the harvest. It is always a lot smaller. So the sin in your life will be multiplied in your children's life if you're not careful, if it doesn't get uprooted. It's like having pure, clean water and dumping mud and dirt or white clothes and rolling around in a pigsty. That's what it's like. The beautiful thing is that Jesus will clean you up, right? Jesus will clean you up if you come to him. But you don't just get to continue where you left off on the journey. You have to start at point zero again and start getting clean all over again. So number one, it establishes curses in your life. Number two is it makes you lose spiritual sensitivity. It makes you lose spiritual sensitivity and it stops you from hearing the voice of God. God could be shouting, but you won't hear. You know, the first time you sin, you feel really bad. You feel awful. You're, you know, crying and telling God that you're sorry, you repent. Let's just say you stole something. You feel so bad, right? But if you make a mistake and do that thing again, you're still going to feel bad, but it's not going to be as you're not going to be as remorseful. If you make it into a habit, if that thing becomes a habit, you lose 
the sensitivity to the spirit, you stop being sensitive to your conscience. Your conscience becomes seared. You you really don't feel that bad anymore. And once your conscience becomes seared, seared means hot, like it's been burned with an iron. Your conscience is, is almost gone. That's why sometimes when you see certain people do certain murders, you're like, how can you just get up and do something like that? But they've been practicing. They've been doing little things and little things. And, you know, like sometimes these serial killers, they say they start with hurting animals, you know, at first, and then they graduate to this and graduate. That's how sin is. You do it once, you do it a little bit, then you do it, then it, it gets to the point where you don't feel anything anymore. Your conscience becomes burned, it becomes seared. So you're no longer remorseful. You And when you get to that point, you no longer hear the voice of God. You know you shouldn't do it, but you're really not sorry that you did it. There are many voices and none without significance. So you may be hearing a voice here and there, and the Holy Spirit may just be kind of a distant distant voice and you know he's calling you he's calling you back to himself he's calling you to holiness he's calling you to submission he's calling you to repent but it's kind of so distant sex before marriage deadens your spiritual sensitivity you need to be able to hear the voice of the holy spirit he knows the end from the beginning you need to be able to hear him there are so many obstacles and things. What if he's trying to warn you? And it's not just because of uh, sin. The Holy Spirit is there to warn you and to help you. Maybe there's a scholarship that you're supposed to apply for. Maybe there's a promotion that you're supposed to apply for, but you're not aware of it because you can't hear his voice. Maybe there's an accident you're supposed to avoid on the way to work, but you can't hear his voice. You can't afford to live life being spiritually dead. God should not be shouting and you can't hear him. That's number two. And number three is an important one as well. When you have sex outside of marriage, you are delaying your real spouse from coming. I say your real spouse because any man that wants you to compromise God's word is not your real spouse, period. That's what I think. You are wasting years. You're wasting time. You're robbing yourself of years from your life. Maybe by now you're already supposed to be married. Maybe by now you're already supposed to be a millionaire. Maybe by now you're already supposed to be doing so much in the kingdom. Or maybe by now you're already supposed to be an influencer. You're, that maybe there's so many things that are out. You're supposed to be further in life than you are. Having sex before marriage robs you of years. And like I said, one of the major things it robs you of is, just if you, is your real spouse. Because God is not going to send him. Point blank period. God is not going to send a godly, kind, wonderful, humble, prayerful, loving, supportive, even sexy man that is after his own heart, that's going to treat you like a princess. And most importantly, will never want you to compromise God's word in your life to be with him. God is not going to send that man as long as you are having premarital sex with somebody else. And each time you do it, you delay it longer and longer. So if you really want to get married and you're someone that falls into sex here and there, you better stop because you're delaying your marriage. And each time you do it, there's no way of knowing how long you're delaying that marriage. Because remember what I told you, you don't just get to, after Jesus is done cleaning you up, you have to start all over again. You don't just get to clean up and then start from where you left off because there's some cleansing and all that stuff that needs to be done internally. The man that God has for you, instead of asking you to compromise, will be pushing you closer to God. He'll be pushing you towards your purpose instead of away from it. 
God is not going to send you that man if you're sleeping around, or let's just not even say if you're sleeping around, maybe you're sleeping with one person. Maybe you're sleeping with your fiance. You think that's okay. Chances are your fiance, you know, no man, any, like I said, any man that makes you compromise God's word and God's standard for your life, that the two of you decide what's best for you two is a dangerous man. If he decides, if the two of you decide, okay, In our relationship, we decide it's okay to have sex before marriage. So what about everything else in God's word? What about you should be the husband of one wife? What if he decides, oh, that's not works in our relationship? Or what about husbands love their wives? What if he decides, oh, that's not how we do it in our relationship? If he compromises one part of God's word, he'll probably compromise another one. And when do you draw the line? What if he decides you can beat your wife? Anyone that compromises one part of God's word, you should not allow them access in your life. You are delaying the real person. And I get it. Most of the time, as women, we want attention. We want to feel loved. We want to feel cherished. But the price is too high. The price is too high. Or sometimes it's just a sexual, physical need. But the price is too high. You hear, this is just three consequences. There's a lot more. There's just three consequences I told you today. If you find yourself distracted or if you find yourself looking for attention or you find yourself just wanting to be loved, just wanting to be cherished, learn to sow. I'm serious. Open a business and focus on it. Build it and earn to multiple six figures. Volunteer to help kids. Volunteer your local nursing home. Learn the ancient art of origami the ancient Japanese art of origami. Do something. I don't care what you do. Just do something. Find yourself busy. Volunteer in your church. Anything. Do something. Anything other than let a man defile your temple and delay blessings from your life. I think that's enough said. You guys have a great day. I'm sure you got a lot out of today's episode. Don't forget to share. And guess what? The conversation doesn't have to end here. Hop online to www.husbandfactory.com to subscribe to my VIP newsletter. Just scroll to the bottom of any page and you'll see the button there. Remember, all the great love stories you've ever heard out of all of them, yours is going to be the best. Can't wait to hear it. See you next week.